Ladies and gentlemen, recording from Los Angeles, California. Welcome to another edition of the one and only podcast known to the world as Sean Sports Stop, where Sean Tiplitsky gives his unique opinion on the biggest news stories in sports. Welcome everyone listening to episode number 248 of the Sean Sports Stop podcast, where as legendary UFC ring announcer Bruce Buffer just told you, I'm going to report the biggest news in sports, the biggest stories in sports, and give my opinion on all of the things going on. Um, that includes Isaiah Thomas saying that the Boston Celtics would have won an NBA championship had he not been traded. Blake Bortles signing with the Los Angeles Rams. Dana White signing a seven-year contract with the UFC. Mike Trout signing the largest pro sports contract in history, uh, extending with the Los Angeles Angels. Vontae Burfecht finding a new home with the Oakland Raiders. Randall Cobb signing with the Dallas Cowboys. Clay Matthews also signing with the Los Angeles Rams. The New York Giants front office meeting with Dwayne Haskins. Le'Veon Bell saying that Ben Roethlisberger wants to win in his own way. Eloy Jimenez signing a $43 million contract. Kobe Bryant telling LeBron James to keep pushing. Jimmer Fredette getting set to meet with the Phoenix Suns. And Joel Embiid saying that he is the most unstoppable player in the NBA. So as you can tell, there is lots to talk about, lots to cover. Some very interesting stories. Um, but before I get into all that very, very interesting stuff, I just want to say that every episode of my podcast, um, one through 247 uh and then the guest interviews on top of that is available on every podcast platform that includes itunes and spotify um visit my website at seansportsup.com for access to all episodes to see which famous athletes i've interviewed as long as a quick link to, to listen to the interview and you can read the articles that i've written under my blog i haven't written any that recently but, but i'm definitely working on it and uh, the last thing it's a it's a big thing for me, but it might not be a big thing for you guys. Just if you enjoy the show, the best way to ensure that I keep striving to make daily episodes for you guys is to leave a positive review on iTunes, follow me on Spotify, things like that. Write a little note on why you like or dislike the show on iTunes. It really does go, go a long way. So without further ado, let's get down to the nitty gritty and get the show on the road. First, we are talking about the NBA. An 18th NBA championship banner might be hanging in TD Garden if the Boston Celtics did not trade Isaiah Thomas, at least in the eyes of Isaiah Thomas. Quote, yeah, we would have probably won a championship already, the Denver Nuggets point guard said Monday after his team's 114-105 win over the Celtics per ESPN.com's Chris Forsberg. The two-time All-Star wore a customized green and gold pair of Kobe Bryant's signature Nike shoe. He also revealed those shoes were made with an eye toward suiting up in the finals for Boston per NBC Sports Boston. Um, Thomas was obviously feeling nostalgic upon his return to Boston. The team played a video tribute to, to him celebrating his two and a half years in Celtics green. They lost in the opening round of the 2016 playoffs, but advanced to the 2017 conference finals, Eastern conference finals, losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games. The 2017 postseason proved to be a very significant uh, time for IT personally, as he continued to play through a hip injury until bowing out after game two of the conference finals. And he definitely hasn't been himself since the injury. Prior to Monday night, he was averaging 14 points on 37% shooting from the field across 41 games with the Cavs, Lakers, and Nuggets. So he's already been on three teams since he was on the Celtics. Um, and first of all, before I give my opinion on this, 
I want to say that Isaiah Thomas is a great player. Even right now, he's an above-average NBA player with his skill, despite his size. When he was on the Cel- when he was on the Celtics, he was a very, very good player. Probably at the time, one of the most unstoppable players in the NBA. The best fourth quarter performer in the NBA at the time, for some time. One of the best offense players in the NBA. So with that being said, he was you know had he not been traded, he probably would have signed a huge contract with the Celtics. Could have been worth up to two hundred million dollars. That's what a lot of people are saying. Instead, he was traded in a package to the Cleveland Cavaliers that brought Kyrie Irving to Boston because he grew unhappy in Cleveland alongside LeBron James. So IT was in Cleveland with LeBron. Um, then after that, it's, it's a very funny situation. The Cavaliers traded Isaiah Thomas to my Lakers for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. They also sent over Channing Frye. Um, so that was a very interesting move because maybe the Cavs and LeBron at the time knew that he was going to the Lakers. So he wanted the Lakers to uh, free up some cap space to be able to sign him in the summer. Because ultimately, we all know that that summer LeBron signed with the Lakers. And that after that, the Lakers chose not to, re-sign, not to re-sign Isaiah Thomas. And he signed a minimum contract, a veteran's minimum contract with the Denver Nuggets. So my point is, Isaiah Thomas, the reason, in my opinion, that he did not get a huge contract like he deserved, like the way he deserved one because he deserved one, I should say, was because he didn't know when to stop talking. He multiple times would say that he's this amazing player, which was true, but in my opinion, he talked way more than he should have at the time. And as a result, he went from being you know, beloved in Boston to being, and someone that should have signed a contract extension worth $200 million to being somewhat of LeBron's sidekick in Cleveland to being... Uh, an average point guard in Los Angeles to being an injured uh, point guard, forgotten guy in Denver that nobody really talks about making the veterans minimum. And in my opinion, this all happened because he didn't know when to close his mouth. And I'm not going to lie, me personally, I've been in some very, very unpleasant situations and circumstances because I didn't know when to stop talking or because I should have said something that I shouldn't have said. And, um, that's one thing that me and Isaiah Thomas have in common. We're also pretty good at that thing called basketball. Obviously, he's on another level, but I'm pretty good if I do say so myself. I play pickup ball at the park. But anyway, you know, that's that's Isaiah Thomas' situation. It's a rough reality, but I think he can have a Derrick Rose-type bounce back um, from injury, and I'm looking forward to watching him play. Nevertheless, he's a very exciting player. And um, yeah, so now we are switching gears to the NFL. Free agency is in full swing. Blake Bortles is off to the West Coast. The Los Angeles Rams announced um, Monday that they signed the former Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback for a one-year contract. Bortles will will serve as Jared Goff's backup. Jeff Darlington of ESPN first reported uh, that Bortles was, quote, finalizing the deal after the Jaguars released him in the wake of the Nick Foles signing. The Baltimore Ravens and Denver Broncos were um, interested in Bortles as well, according to Michael Silver of NFL Network. So with the Ravens and Broncos, it's interesting. The Ravens, they have Lamar Jackson and the Broncos. They uh, traded for, what's this? They traded Case Keenum away and they traded also for Joe Flacco. So I wonder, I, I would assume that Flacco would be the starter over Bortles. That's a no-brainer. But then when you have Lamar Jackson and Blake Bortles, I wonder if Bortles ended up in Baltimore, who would be the starting quarterback there? So in LA, Bortles will be adjusting to life behind Goff, the team's franchise quarterback, no doubt, who has shown you know, lots of improvement under head coach Sean McVay and Bortles working with his friend Jared Goff, who's been a great quarterback and Sean McVay was a genius offensive minded head coach in Los Angeles. This is a great move for Bortles. And 
He spoke about the importance of joining McVay's Rams per Kevin Patra of NFL.com saying, quote, I mean, I think as a quarterback, there's not really anybody else you'd rather be around if you had your pick. What he's done to people that have been taken out of here for head coaching jobs and OC jobs in other places, I think is a testament to how good he is at what he does, how good of a teacher and a coach he is. And you watch them play and the effort and intensity that they play at speaks to the type of head coach he is and how he gets the guys going. Um, so obviously this is a great move for Bortles. For the Rams, I think it's a good move as well. As a, and I'm saying this as a Rams fan, simply because um, he's um, Blake Bortles was a starter in Jacksonville. He was not a very good one at that. But... Uh, just simply put, it's a good move because I don't believe that there are um, very many backup quarterbacks in the NFL that are better than Bortles. I think he's a, taking someone to be to be the Rams backup who was just a starter in the NFL is uh, an upgrade over whoever we had before. I believe it was Sean Mannion. No affiliation to Sean Toplitsky, by the way. Now transitioning to MMA, the UFC just keeps making moves. First, um, first they announced that all their pay-per-views will be exclusively available on ESPN Plus, and now this. UFC president Dana White has signed a new seven-year contract to extend his tenure at the company. White spoke to Megan Olivey in an interview for the UFC's YouTube channel, and he announced he had signed a new deal to run concurrently with ESPN's new partnership with the MMA promotion. Per ESPN's Michael Rothstein, White said, quote, Ari Emanuel and I just signed a new seven-year deal, too. So we're here for seven years. ESPN is here for seven years, and the incredible things that we're going to work on, I just can't even tell you how pumped pumped I am for all this stuff. Emmanuel is the co-CEO of Endeavor, the company that holds the majority stake in the UFC and with whom White signed the deal. White also believes the exclusive ESPN partnership is good news for UFC fans. He said it's incredible for the fans. Um, talking about the ESPN and ESPN Plus thing. So the new, new ESPN Plus subscribers will get one year of ESPN Plus and a UFC pay-per-view event for $80. Existing ESPN Plus subscribers will be able to purchase UFC pay-per-view events for $60 per event. I'm an existing ESPN Plus subscriber. So the 49-year-old has been in charge of the UFC since 2001 when his school friends Frank Lorenzo Fertitta uh, bought it. Under Dana White, it has gone from, quote, the verge of bankruptcy to a multi-billion dollar enterprise that has seen fights in 175 countries, over 100 UFC training facilities worldwide, and a television presence that has reached over a billion households, as Forbes' Danny Boyce wrote in 2014. And keep in mind, that is uh, now five years ago. So, you know, 2001, they were mid-2000s, they were on the verge of bankruptcy, and now we're about 13 years after that. And it's an it's a huge company. So even five years back from now is a lot of time. So probably grew even more. Uh, so you know Dana White is I believe he's, he seems like he's good at what he does. He's not very he's not liked very much as a result of that. But for the UFC, this is it's good to extend him, and it seems like he's happy there. Now switching gears to the MLB, Mike Trout has signed the biggest contract in the history of sports. So Mike Trout and the Los Angeles Angels are close to agreeing upon a record-breaking 12-year, $426.5 million contract, according to Bleacher Report's Scott Miller. Trout currently has two years and $66.5 million remaining on the six-year, $144.5 million deal he signed back in 2014, and he was set to hit free agency after the 2020 season. Miller broke down the specifics of how the contract covered those final two years and the next decade after that saying, quote, for accounting purposes, according to industry sources, that the drought deal incorporates the two years remaining on his current contract, which calls for him to make $33.25 million this year and next. Then comes another $360 million over the next 10 years, carrying Trout through the 2030 season. It all adds up to $426.5 million. Um, 
So Jeff Passan was the first to report that they were close to finalizing a deal. And at 426.5 million, it would become the largest deal in the history of North American sports. It would top the previous mark owned by Bryce Harper, who just signed a um, you know, $330 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies over 13 years, less than a month ago. Um, so this is huge. I mean, he's Trout's going to be making more than Tom Brady and LeBron James combined, so which is just unbelievable in itself. And um, yeah, I mean, that's it's just huge. It's a huge contract. It's stupid money, to be honest. It's, that, it's the Philly stupid money that people have been talking about. But honestly, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think Trout is underpaid with this contract simply because, you know, Bryce Harper, no disrespect to him, but he hit 249 last year. Mike Trout is light years ahead of Bryce Harper, and Bryce Harper is, you know, taking home $330 million. So for Mike Trout to get $430 million, I, I just think that's, if you look at it relative, obviously... $430 million for 12 years of playing baseball is ridiculous. It's almost half a billion dollars for one person to play a game. But if again, if you look at Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and the other guys like Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Trout is in a league of his own. It's Mike Trout and then it's everyone else in baseball. So if you, relatively speaking, he deserves even more money, to be honest. Um, now switching gears to the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys are looking very interesting now since they... They just now bolstered their wide receiver position. Randall Cobb is leaving the, the Green Bay Packers as he reportedly agreed to a deal with the Dallas Cowboys on Tuesday. Jay Glazer of Fox Sports reported the news, while Adam Schefter of ESPN noted the wideout received a one-year, $5 million contract. The Packers spent much of the 2018 season retooling their roster after a 7-9 season. New GM Brian Gutekunst spent big money to sign tight end Jimmy Graham while releasing uh, Jordy Nelson. So, but for the Cowboys, this is a very good move because other than Amari Cooper, they didn't really have any sort of threat at the wide receiver position. Now they have Randall Cobb and Amari Cooper at wide receiver. Jason Witten is coming out of retirement at tight end. Dak Prescott is obviously the starting quarterback. And then you have one of the best running backs in football in Ezekiel Elliott. That's a very, very high-powered star-studded offense for the Cowboys. And obviously their defense last season was amazing. So I see the Cowboys as a potential team to make a deep playoff run. So speaking of former former Packers, we have another one that left, and he joined the Rams, which I am ecstatic about. Veteran pass rusher, pass rusher Clay Matthews agreed to a two-year contract with the Los Angeles Rams, the team announced Tuesday. He spent the first 10 years of his career with the Packers, who selected him in the first round of the 2009 draft. He was one of the longest tenured players on Green Bay's roster, but his departure is not, so, not surprising to me at all. Excuse me. He finished the 2018 season with 43 combined tackles and a career-low three-and-a-half sacks, which continued his downward trend. But for the Rams, for a defense that has been struggling, it's uh, it's, it's great. I love the pickup, especially because we're probably going to lose Nadama King Sue. Uh, I just love this pickup, to be honest. Now transitioning to more NFL. Uh, the New York Giants reportedly met with quarterback Dwayne Haskins on Tuesday night ahead of his pro day at Ohio State on Wednesday. According to NFL Network's Mike Garofalo, much of the Giants brass had dinner with Haskins on Tuesday, including head coach Pat Shermer, offensive coordinator Mike Shula, senior vice president of player personnel Chris Mara, and assistant general manager Kevin Abrams. New York holds the number six overall pick in the 2019 draft, and it comes as it's no surprise to me at all that the Giants are doing their due diligence on Haskins uh, because, you know, they need a quarterback. Even, you know, the GM is saying that Eli isn't overpaid, he can still play and all that, but even if that is the case, which it's not, but even if it somehow is, Eli is still, I believe, 39 years old, 40 years old, something like the 38 years old, something like that. 
So you need to look for the future, and Dwayne Haskins might be answered. But for me, if I'm the Giants, I'd rather take Kyler Murray. But it looks like Arizona's going to snag him at number one. Now covering more football, it looks like the Le'Veon Bell Pittsburgh Steelers drama is not over now that he's uh, signed with the New York Jets. So in an interview with Sports Illustrated, the newly signed running back for the Jets expresses belief that Big Ben wants to win on his terms, which causes issues with other offensive players at times. He said, quote, the organization wants to win. Coach Mike Tomlin wants to win. Ben wants to win. But Ben wants to win his way, and that's, t- and that's a tough way to play with. Ben won a Super Bowl, but he won when he was younger. Now he's at this stage where he tries to control everything, and the team let him get there. So if I'm mad at a player and I'm not throwing him the ball, if I'm not throwing AB the ball and I'm giving Juju all of the shine or Jesse or Vance or whoever it is, and you know consciously you're making your other receiver mad, but you don't care, it's hard to win that way. When asked if he left Pittsburgh because of Roethlisberger's presence, Bell noted that there were multiple reasons for his departure, but added, quote, yes, it was a factor. So in addition to losing Le'Veon Bell to free agency, the Steelers traded Antonio Brown, arguably the best wide receiver in football, to the Oakland Raiders. So the Steelers, I mean, they had they had Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, arguably the best, the most talented offensive group in the history of football, and they never never won a Super Bowl with that group. I don't know who's to blame, honestly. But they lost Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell in a very soap opera-like, dramatic, very dramatic fashion. And that's just not good. Now switching gears to the MLB. Despite recently being optioned to the minors, top prospect Eloy Jimenez is reportedly close to receiving a long-term contract from the Chicago White Sox. Um, it's going to be worth 75 to $80 million, including incentives per Hector Gomez of Z101 Digital. And yeah, this is this is great, in my opinion, because minor league guys don't get paid much at all. And for him to sign a big contract like that, for, him to, for them to lock him up, I think is great for both parties. So now covering some NBA, some Lakers, Kobe and LeBron. Lakers legend Kobe Bryant lamented the team's injury woes that played a key role in, in derailing the 2018-19 season. Instead, he'd tell current Lakers superstar LeBron James to, quote, keep pushing despite a disappointing first year in L.A. Bryant sat down with ESPN's Mike Greenberg on Wednesday's edition of Get Up to discuss the Lakers' underwhelming campaign and where LeBron and President of Basketball Operations Magic Johnson and the rest of the organization go from there or here. So he said, quote, you just got to keep pushing. Seasons like this are what make the championships worth it. And I couldn't agree more about that. Obviously, you know, I'm not in the NBA, but... That's just some pretty common logic there from Kobe. When asked about Magic, he, re- he replied, quote, it's just a matter of being patient. Obviously, they'll make smart decisions. You have opportunities, things, pieces that you can trade, assets of that sort, or you or you can stay with the young guys who are extremely talented and have great upside and let them develop. Either direction you go should be a good direction. So some pretty obvious statements from Kobe that many people have been saying, but since it's coming from Kobe, it's viewed differently. Um, just... Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with Kobe. Either way, if the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis, that's great. You win now. If you develop the young core, that's good too. You could sign someone like Kemba or DeMarcus Cousins, Jimmy Butler. I think either way, the Lakers should be good going forward. But, you know, the way things have been going recently for these last few years with the Lakers, I wouldn't be surprised if they find, way to, if they find a way to disappoint me again. Excuse me. So now we have one more story, and it has to do with the NBA. LeBron James' title of best player in the NBA could be up for grabs for the first time in a while. Philadelphia 76ers big man Joel Embiid is happy to take the mantle. 
quote, I'm the most unstoppable player in the league, he said on ESPN's broadcast after he helped lead his team to a 118-115 win over the Boston Celtics on Wednesday. He was unstoppable in the, in the playoff-like atmosphere with 37 points, 22 rebounds, and a critical late-game block on Kyrie Irving. He was also 20 of 21 from the free-throw line, taking advantage of his physicality to get to the line. And, you know, Embiid is amazing. He's a, you know, over seven feet tall, a center that can play in the post. He can dunk, he can block, he can make the, he can shoot threes. He can do everything that you need a modern big man in the NBA to do. He's borderline unstoppable, but when he says that he's the most unstoppable player in the NBA, I got to disagree with that. I have to say it's James Harden. I mean, he's been on another level this season. He's dropped 30 points on every team in the NBA just this season. That's Harden. Harden, that is, I should say. And I think that's Harden. Embiid is a great player. He's a likely future MVP. But I got to give this one to Harden. So that is all we have for episode number 248 of Sean Sports Off. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And as always, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening.